The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Welcome, guys, back to Foul Play. Gemma's with me again today. And Gemma, I'm going to let you take this over and you introduce our guest. Thanks, Shanester. Hi, everybody. I'm so glad to be back here with Shane. We're doing a really interesting episode and we have a couple more coming up. Tonight, our guest's name is Beth. And she and I connected a couple weeks ago because she was friends in a teacher-student way with one of the major players from the Keepers. So we're going to ask her about that. And tonight, I want to introduce you to Beth. Hey, Beth. Hey, everybody. I'm just going to start by asking you a little bit about, you know, who you are and a little bit about your background so that we can then move into how you knew Sister Russell. I'm Beth. I'm 60 years old. And I'm presently in uh, Southern Delaware. I'm from Maryland. I went to Martin Spalding High School. I graduated in 1979. I became friends with Sister Russell my sophomore year of high school. The reason that she and I connected was because at the time I was living in a community in Glen Burnie, Maryland, called Southgate. At the time, of the, it was behind a hospital called North Arundel Hospital, but now it's called the Baltimore Washington Regional. And uh, I lived in a, a community called Southgate. And in October of 1977, we had a triple murder in our neighborhood. Let me clarify that Sister Russell was not Sister Russell. She was Mrs. Welch. The reason why we became good buddies was that she had seen me on television because they had network news everywhere because back in 1977, triple murders were unheard of. And we had every newscast in our front yard. And she saw me on the news because I was with my friend next door whose sister was part of the triple murder. And she grabbed me and and shut the door and took me into her classroom and wanted to know how I was doing with the murder because the two other girls that were also involved in this murder was two other girls that I used to babysit. And it was just, you know, mind boggling to know that 
the kid that murdered them lived across the street from me. So it was just a very crazy thing that was going on. And she was really worried about me. And she looked me right in the eyes and she said, you know what happened to me. So we don't really need to go any further with that. But I always want to know that you and I have one thing in common and you can always come and talk to me anytime you need to. So that's what started the bond between the two of us. And that was uh, always something that I will never forget with Mrs. Welch. So that's what started our relationship. So you mentioned that she told you that you knew what happened to me. So did you already know about Sister Kathy and that entire situation by then? Yes. When I went to school, when I started as a freshman, the kids in school, some of them I had known. And I knew too, because we moved to Maryland in 1969. And that happened the year that we moved to Maryland. And it was all over the news. And I knew for many years. And some of the kids had said to me that Mrs. Welsh was Sister Kathy's roommate and she works at the school. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that. And they went, yes. And I was like, wow. And so, yeah, that was a very common fact. Everybody knew that she was working there. How far far uh, was your school from that area of Baltimore where Kathy would have disappeared and was found? Martin Spalding is in Severn. And it's off of New Cut Road, if you're familiar with that area. It's Severn and and Glen Burnie kind of interconnect with each other. It's not too far. I would say from where Kathy and Russ live, I would think it was maybe 20, 25 minutes, maybe. Not you didn't too far. go to a Catholic school, did you? Yes, that is a Catholic school. Oh, okay, okay. At the time, it was called Martin Spalding High School, but they have since changed it to Archbishop Spalding High School. They changed the name, I think, in the 80s, late 80s, to Archbishop Spalding. So yes, it was a Catholic school. It started out as an all-female school, and then they changed it to a male and female school back in like the mid-70s. I can clarify a little bit, Shane, because a lot of people like you didn't know about Martin Spalding. But when after Kathy disappeared and was found, at that time, Russ, Sister Russell was teaching at Rockland Junior High, which is the building that you saw when you visited the area with me and she would walk to school and then I just talked to their friend Pat Gilner this week and to clarify when Kathy was found Russ left Rock Glen and went to Spalding like in the middle of the year she didn't finish out the year at Rock Glen which I didn't know but Martin Spalding as Beth just said was named for a bishop like Archbishop Keogh was named for a bishop and that was where Russ was teaching, and that's where she met her husband. She was teaching math. When was it that you, I know you're younger than I am, but not as mm-hmm. young as the Shane Meister. When was it that you actually started at Spalding, and what year did you meet Russ? I started Spalding in 76, mm-hmm. and I met her in 77. Okay, so I knew knew of her, but I didn't actually do any reactions with her till October of 77. Mm -hmm. And then she taught me in 78 and 79, both years. She taught the juniors and seniors because she taught like a P-calculus. Did you guys know she had been a nun? 
before you knew about the whole Sister Kathy thing? Like when she was just teaching there, did people know mm-hmm. that she had left the convent and had been a nun? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, that I did know because when the kids were talking, they said she was the nun that lived with Sister Kathy who was murdered. And they all talked about that. So that mm-hmm. was like chit chat. Mm-hmm. When you got into school, if you didn't know that, you were sure to know. Because <laughs> the kids all made sure yeah. yeah, the kids made sure you knew that. I didn't connect the two until they talked about it. I didn't know that. I just, mm-hmm. I knew Kathy, you know, had was murdered, but I didn't know Russ was living with her. Mm-hmm. Then when they told me, I was like, oh, wow, that's interesting. But I defended her after I met her. And, and if the kids talked about her, I always said, you guys need to stop talking about her. And I would get a little angry with them and say, stop. Why did you do that? Why did you feel like they shouldn't be talking about her? Because they had no clue what she was going through. They didn't know. And I didn't even know until I watched The Keepers, until I read your book. I had no Mm -hmm. clue what that woman was going through. And and even back then, I didn't know what she was going through. I just figured you guys need to stop talking about her because she was such a kind and generous and, and caring woman. She was. It's just the way her mannerisms were. I didn't like people talking about her that way because I liked her. She was an excellent teacher. I, lo- I loved Russ. She was an excellent teacher. She was good at what she did. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what she was like as a teacher and some of your memories? It was her mannerisms. It's the way she taught. If you didn't understand something, she would take the time to go back and show you again. She didn't make you feel like you were dumb just because you didn't understand it. And even if you didn't understand something and she'd say, why don't you stay after class and we'll go over it real quick again. She was just really good about making sure that you understood it. She had patience. She was very patient. She just made you feel really good about yourself. And that's why I liked her. You shared with me when we talked last week, a really special moment that you had with Russ, and I'm hoping that you'll share that with everybody who's listening mm-hmm. when she was saying goodbye to you. It's something I've never told anybody. You're the first person I've ever told this to. My parents don't even know this, and my dad's dead, but my mom's alive. It's just something I've kept with me for a long time. I had my senior yearbook, and we always run around the last day of our senior year. We don't ever go to classes, but we run around and we take our yearbooks to all our teachers and have them sign it and say goodbye to everybody. And it's, it's a very emotional day for everybody because we're leaving. And I went around, got all my teachers just on my yearbook, and I saved Russ for last. And um, I walked into her classroom and I had her, she signed my yearbook. And she signed it and she talked. And Russ and I always talked about things. And and we never talked about anything about her past. I always respected that about her. I never went into things that she never wanted to talk about. And and she she was really good about, let's talk about you. Mm -hmm. What's going on with you? What are the kids doing in school? Tell me about the dances. She was always really good about that. And then she told me, she says, what are you going to do after you leave school today? And what are you going to do this summer? And so we yacked about that. And so she gave me a hug and she kissed me on the top of my forehead and she looked me straight in the eyes. And she said, I'm going to tell you one thing that I want you to remember. And I said, what's that? And she goes, don't ever let a man be superior to you. And when you're 18 years old, you don't think of that as anything. Mm-hmm. It just flies over your head. Go, okay. <laughs> so I hugged her. We cried for a few minutes. 
And I walked out the door and it's really funny. I never, ever saw her again after that. In retrospect, Beth, does that have a different more essential meaning to you? Now it has every meaning to me now. It means everything to me now. Now I know what it means. Now watching the keepers, when I finally got the nerve to do it, tells me what that really means. She was giving me a clue of what I should, how I should be. That was a clue for me. To this day, I was like, wow, (laughs) it's mind boggling, don't you think? Yeah, it is for us too, don't you think, Mm -hmm. Shane? Because we've often spent time talking with people who knew Russ well, but we've never talked to a student that she had from Martin Spaulding who had a connection like you've had. And Mm -hmm. when we think now what, to me, the statement that she made to you it does tell me that she knew what was going on and that she wanted you to be aware and what was out mm-hmm. there in the world. It seemed like she cared about you and she wanted good things for you. And from her experience, from what Gemma and I know from talking to other people, it seems like she went through a lot of things. And that was one of the lessons that she learned was men being superior to her. So as someone who cared about you, I can see how she would relay that to you. So the year that you had the triple murder happen next door and that she Mm -hmm. told you that you knew what happened to me, was that in October of 77? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And and yeah, the guy that murdered the three little girls, his name is Stuart Kreiner. And it happened in Glen Burnie in the community of Southgate. He's no longer alive. He was in Patuxent that place for people that are insane. Yes. He was, I think he was there till 81. And then they found him one morning. He hung himself. Oh, wow. So it ended up with a very sad ending. He was a very bullied child. When he lived with us, a lot of the kids in the area were very mean to him. So I'm sure he didn't have a very good life. I know there was a lot of stories about what was going on with him and that kind of stuff. And who knows what was going on that day and what was in his mind. Those three little girls didn't deserve what happened mm-hmm. to him. They were seven, eight, nine. The day that she told you that you knew what happened to me, was that the only reference that you remember her ever making? Yes. That is the only time that woman has ever made any reference to that was the day I left to go to leave school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the only day. And then, you know what? I never, ever talked to her about that. I respected her. And I never brought it up. We only talked about school. We talked about what was going on in school with everybody. I respected her and I never brought it up because I knew it was a very hurtful and sore spot with her. It's incredible that she, to me, it says she saw you a little bit like Kathy because you were the caregiver for those children. Mm -hmm. And if you babysat those children, you're 17, it was like Kathy and caring about the girls who were being hurt. And so she probably realized how personal this was going to be to you. It was very personal. He hurt three little girls that I cared for. One of them was my best friend's little sister, and I loved her to death. I didn't babysit her, but the other girls down the street, I did. And they played with those little girls. Sometimes when I was babysitting, she used to come down and play with them too. I have three of them with me sometimes. And it's so sad. To have their mm-hmm. lives ended like that, it was horrible. I bet Russ kept her eye on you in a good way for the rest of that year. 
just oh, I'm sure to see I'm if sure. there were signs. Yeah, that you were yeah. having trauma. Did you know the man she married, Mr. Welch? Yes, he was a language arts teacher. I same school, right? Mm-hmm. Same school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't have him for a teacher, but I knew who he was. I know he's living, but he's requested that nobody right. invade his privacy because he, he doesn't want to talk about this and that's okay. I do have a question for you. I was told by their friend Pat that Russ, I think it must have been the second full, the first full year she was there, which would have been like 70, 71, that mm-hmm. she was the assistant principal. Does that ring a bell? Oh, no, and I'm then, not. I know. <laughs> and, then, and then she opted not to do that and went back to being a teacher. No, that I did not know. Yeah. I no, just was curious. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. That I no, because mm-hmm. you gotta remember I didn't go to school there until seventy-six. Uh, right. And that I did not know. Wow, mm-hmm. that's some interesting news. I had no clue. Yeah, I think was. she was. I think really? she why well, I believe that she went to Spalding after Kathy was found and then uh-huh. finished that year at Spalding. And I think it was the next year that she was invited to be the assistant principal and then did it and then I think after one year, went back to being a teacher. But don't quote me because I'm not absolutely sure of the times. You know, I'll have to I'll have to ask some friends that uh, like older friends that were mm-hmm. there. Some friends that went there when like 71, 72 and ask them if right. they know. Yeah, and see what they, because mm-hmm. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Wow, mm-hmm. that's interesting. In our ongoing journey, dissecting real life mysteries, I found a perfect companion in a game that not only captivates, but also lets me step into the shoes of a detective in the glamorous 1920s, June's Journey. As someone who's delved deep into the game, playing through the intriguing scenarios of June Parker, I can personally vouch for its immersive experience. In June's Journey, you unravel the mystery of June Parker's sister's murder. Each scene is a visual and intellectual puzzle, with hidden clues scattered across beautifully crafted locations. What I've enjoyed most is the depths of the storyline. Each chapter peels back a layer of this thrilling narrative, revealing danger, mystery, and romance. Besides the allure of solving mysteries, the game lets you design and customize your own luxurious estate island. Building my estate has been a delightful escape, offering a creative break from the intense narratives we tackle on the podcast. For those of you who enjoy the blend of history, mystery, and narrative depth we explore on this podcast, June's Journey offers a chance to live out those elements in a beautifully interactive setting. June needs your help, detective. Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. And join me in this ongoing quest to uncover hidden truths and solve complex mysteries. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery holding up? Mine's been draining lately, consumed by the darkness of true crime tales. But amidst the shadows, it's crucial to remember to prioritize our mental well-being. Just like unraveling a twisted plot, therapy helps me untangle the knots in my mind. It's about gaining clarity, finding strength, and reclaiming control over your life. Considering therapy, BetterHelp offers a lifeline in the darkness. It's completely online, giving you the freedom to seek help in your own terms. And with a simple questionnaire, you can be matched with a licensed therapist who understands your unique struggles. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com foul today 
to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com, slash foul, F-O-U-L. Looking for a new way to unwind after a long day? Say hello to Recess Mood, a healthier alternative that keeps your evenings light and your spirit high. With Recess Mood, you get the pleasure without the guilt. Made with real fruit and infused with mood-lifting magnesium and stress-balancing adaptogens, Recess Mood lets you relax without alcohol or hangovers. It's just 20 calories per can, has no added sugar, and comes in four delightful flavors like strawberry rose and raspberry lemon. I've tried these myself, and whether I'm chilling at home or need a moment during downtime chaos, Recess Mood is my go-to refreshment. It's truly a guilt-free way to unwind. And now there's something special for all our listeners. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash Shane and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. Do you know what year she married them? I don't know. I know they met at Spalding, but I don't know. I could find that out because people have asked about that. When you heard about the Keepers being out, did you immediately know that Russell was going to be in it? Yes, I did. And it took me a long time to watch it because I knew she was going to be in it. And I I knew it was going to be tough to watch because she was in it. So it took me a while to watch it. (laughs) because I knew it was going to be heartbreaking because she was in it. And what did you take away from it after you watched? Well, I was like, whoa. (laughs) It shook my faith big time. It makes me want to go out and solve this murder. It just totally blows my mind. There's just so many questions. Who did this to her and why? I don't get it. I just don't get it. There's just so many people that are involved in this and why would they do this to this woman yeah i think everybody that's listening and has seen the keepers is they're shaking their head right now saying the same thing because why destroy this human being who had so much to share and a lot of people have taken russell's character of being quiet as hiding things which is ridiculous so it means a lot for us to hear about what she was like as a person There's too many people out there that are like, why didn't she call the police? You don't know her. You don't know what was going on in her mind. You don't know what she was doing. You can't sit there and say that. You don't know what Maskell was saying to her. You don't know what that other priest was saying to her. She was probably terrified. I agree with you. I've often thought about what, well, Shane and I have talked about this. What would we do if somebody said your choices are talk or Mm -hmm. die? Exactly. Uh, I would keep my mouth shut. If you talk, talk, you're going to die. So I think it's pretty significant that Beth is telling us that what Russell told her almost eight years after Kathy disappeared Mm -hmm. and was murdered, she didn't say, Beth, my best friend was murdered. She didn't say that. She said, you know what happened to me. Mm -hmm. And to me, that sounds like someone who's coming from a place of a lot of pain and Mm -hmm. fear Mm -hmm. if if she's wanting to connect with beth it just seems to me like she would have said my best friend was murdered and Mm -hmm. that hurt a lot and i deal with Mm -hmm. that every day but what she said was you know what happened to me and that's something that we've heard from the other people that we've spoken to that knew sister russell is that she never Mm -hmm. would speak about it 
She wouldn't hint about it. She mm-hmm. did not want it to be brought up. And that just all to me points to it was very painful. Beth, tell us what she would say to her classes the first day of class. Yeah, she would walk in and, and uh, if we weren't in her class yet, if we hadn't had her for a teacher, she would come in. She'd say, hi, my name is Mrs. Welch. And she'd say, this is what we're doing. And this is what I need you to get for your supplies and things like that. She'd go through all of that. And then at the very end, she would say, and I want to bring up one other thing too. We're not discussing what happened to me in 1969. That is my prior life and we're not discussing it. Case closed. <laughs> and that's, she always said that. Just there you so go. That, yeah. And you know what? And I'll never forget this one boy that was in our class looked at her and said, so did they ever find out who killed her? Mm. I could not believe he said that. I turned around and I looked at him and I said to myself, you're an idiot. (laughs) She was setting the guidelines and he stepped over the line. And But Mm -hmm. there's always somebody like that in a class, right, Beth? Oh, yeah, Yeah. I know. And what's really funny is when we walked out in the hallway after class, this one girl that was sitting next to me, when we walked out in the hallway, you know what she did? She walked outside and and I was standing next to her and she walked up to him and she kicked him in the butt. (laughs) Kicked him in the butt and she goes, you're... She looked at him and she goes... Good going, Ace. This is the kind of atmosphere those two nuns, those two women created. It was one where you were respectful, you respected Mm -hmm. and cared for them. And whatever guidelines they set, that was okay with us. We wanted to do what what they were setting out. It just makes me feel so good, Beth, to hear you talk about her as such a real person that made such a positive impact on you. And she and, is a real yeah. person and she deserves, she deserves respect and she deserves to rest in peace. And people need to stop making her the fall guy. You're saying that, yeah. What do you want people who are listening to know or say anything? That she's a good person. She's a wonderful person and that she deserves respect. And, you know, what she did, what she thought was the right thing. She was protecting her family, just like anybody else would have done. I want people to leave her alone. She's a good person. And she needs needs to rest in peace. Hey, Jim, I have a question for you. Yes. And this is just for my lack of knowledge dealing with Catholic schools. But Beth was talking about how her high school was also a Catholic school. Mm -hmm. Do the Catholic schools at that time not just higher nuns. So like, for example, Sister Russell was now married. No, it's not all nuns. They're called lay teachers, L-A-Y. And I don't know if you remember looking in my yearbook, but there were a lot of pictures of men and women who taught there and were not priests or nuns. I guess it was half and half for me. What about Spalding, Beth? Were there nuns there? Not a lot. Mm-hmm. Were they in no, they they were, habits? Do they wear no. habits? No, no they wore they wore regular clothes. Mm-hmm. They were not habits. They wore like a cross on their. Mm-hmm. They were from the Notre Dame Sisters of Notre Dame, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it had the Notre Dame right on because they had a convent off of our um, school. Mm-hmm. They lived in a convent right off of right. our school. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, the same as Keo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they they did they do they were not. 
Now, some of them wore the thing over there on their head. They just wore regular clothes. Some of them oh. still wore the habit on their head. Not mm-hmm. many of them, but, but they had, we, I would say we probably had maybe seven nuns in the whole school. And that was about it. We didn't even have a priest on staff. We had one that came in and did said mass for us who was part of a, a priest that was part of a part of, I think it was St. Bernadette that was around right. the corner. He came over and said mass for us on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. He wasn't even part of our school. We didn't even have a priest in school like you did. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, like- yeah. Now, Matt, none of the, nope, the priest didn't live there, but Maskell, it's interesting that you brought that up because he was originally at St. Clemens, which was a parochial elementary school parish. And once Charles's mom reported him, he was moved to Keogh, but just for his day job. So he still lived at St. Clemens. And so he would be at Keogh during the day, and then he would drive back to the rectory at St. Clemens and see the kids after school. I don't know. I don't know what the church thought they were doing. All that mixing up happened a lot. I'm guessing we probably had Oh, gosh, when we were full, there were 1,200 girls. I'm thinking we probably had 60 faculty members, and probably half of them were lay teachers and half were religious. So that's probably pretty typical of Catholic high schools at the time. And I don't even know to this day, I don't even know how many nuns are there. Probably not that even many right mm-hmm. now. Right. Yeah, probably right. maybe, I don't think there probably is even any more that I know of that are at school. I'd have to ask somebody, but I doubt if there isn't even any right now that are even teach there. I know that you mentioned that the last time you spoke to Sister Russell, or as you knew her as Miss Welch, was that day that she gave you that information about a man and authority. But do you ever remember learning about her dying? Yeah, somebody told me that she had passed away. In May of 2001, I was living in Maryland. (laughs) One of my friends from Spalding had called me on the phone and said, oh, my husband, really sad news. I said, what's that? And she goes, Mrs. Welch passed away today. And I was like, I was just dumbfounded. I was heartbroken. Mm -hmm. I was, I was like, oh, that's horrible. I wish I could have sent flowers. And, but nobody could, John was so secretive of everything. We didn't even know where to send him and where, you know, where to go to. He did. He was very secretive about her stuff. He didn't really let everybody know what was going on with her funeral or anything. Yeah. Did you know anything, Gemma? Only from her friend, Pat Gilner, who was also in the keeper. She was the former nun, was an art teacher and real pretty lady in a white apartment and everything was mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. very pristine. She's a very good friend now. And she told me that she had talked to Russ the day before that. Because uh-huh. Maskell had died the day before that. Right. And it was almost like, I don't know, maybe I'm really into holistic health. So I think sometimes the things in our lives that cause trauma can also cause physical ailments. And she died of melanoma. And um, like, for example, Gene Wainer's husband dying of esophageal cancer. And we talk about how he had to just stuff everything. And I think she, because Russ was the kind of person that was able to keep things in and not like she could wrap them up and put them in there and not go back to them, which is what she was always 
sound like she would say to her classes, like, we're not going to go back there. That's not my life anymore. But she wanted to share the lessons learned with you. But I think Pat would probably know more about the funeral or how she was memorialized. And I can always ask, but we're just so appreciative that you reached out and found me. And I am and, too. And, really yeah. And, me tremendously. Yeah, it means a lot. And I think a lot of people are really thirsty for information about her and just to hear because 90% of the people who saw the keepers believe that she, she was not complicit in any wrongdoing. But it's always nice to hear from people that knew her when they were younger and she was their teacher. So anyway, thank you, Beth. Oh, you're very welcome. And thank you for having me. You're- I hope this brings people some solitude to people to know that, that she is a wonderful person and she deserves the respect from people because she is a good person. And they have to also understand that she was probably going through a very hard time knowing mm-hmm. that, that who knows what she was going through the, the night that Maskell was at her apartment. You never know what, what was told to her. So she was just protecting who she needed to protect. I give her a lot of kudos for doing what she had to do. I think Sister mm-hmm. Russell will be really happy that you took the time also to talk good things about her. Yeah. She's a good person. And she was, she had such a great disposition about her and she had such a, a, a soft demeanor. Yeah. She was wonderful. She always made you feel so good about yourself, especially when you were frustrated. You know how math can be so frustrating. And trust me, math was very frustrating for me. Mm-hmm. And I always sit there and I never felt dumb around her. And that's what I always liked about her. I used to look at her and go, why is this Chinese? <laughs> she goes, well, let's go on. She, goes, she would laugh and say, well, let's go on Chinese it for you. <laughs> yeah, and she was such a great teacher. She could teach you how to do something and it would make so much sense to you. That's what was so great about her. She was a wonderful teacher. I miss her softness and the way she was. That's really true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very gentle. Mm-hmm. And okay. she was. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.